1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Buffalo Sabres came roaring back against the Chicago Blackhawks, overcoming a four-goal deficit to beat them 6-5 to on Monday night in what was one of the craziest games that we have seen maybe this season. It's definitely up there in recent Sabres history. As I had said before, for the fourth time in the Sabres franchise history, they came back from a four-goal deficit. Uh, previously, they accomplished the feat twice against the Boston Bruins in 1989 and 1983 and once against the Penguins in 1976. So we have not done this since 1989.
1: Crazy, crazy stuff. It was it all yeah, seemed to, lost. To put that in perspective, the last time they did it, the, the winning goal was scored by Pierre Turgeon. Oh, baby. What a throwback. It's been a
0: minute. It has been a little bit. Um, it, it, all it seemed lost. I mean, I we both had watched the game. After the first period, I was, I took a minute to really think long and hard about actually watching through to the second because of just how it just seemed a little bleak. Um, They still, it wasn't like they were getting drastically outplayed, but I mean, just Chicago kept finishing. It seemed like it wasn't really Dustin Tokarski's night. And then the second period started and the Sabres dominated the rest of the game. At the end of the day, Tage Thompson ended up scoring the game-winning goal on maybe the most hilarious goal of the season. Maybe the most hilarious goal since the butt goal. I don't know. But Tage breaks his stick on a point shot. It goes off of the boards behind um, Kevin Lankinen. comes back. His stick and the puck at like, the same time hit the boards. The puck then bounces off of Lankinen's skate as he's trying to get back to cover the post and goes in, wins the game with 13 seconds left. I, it was, or 12 seconds left, excuse me. It was just unbelievable. So, aside from, as I had mentioned, Tage scoring uh, the power play goal with 12 seconds left, Victor Olofsson had a great game with two goals and an assist. Uh, Dylan Cousins and Rasmus Daleen each had two assists. Darlene's were both primary assists as well. And we'll get to Darlene in a minute, but it seems like increasingly with each passing game, he's getting more and more national notoriety for how great he has been playing the second half of the season, really since the all-star break. So just give me your thoughts, Taylor, on the Chicago game, what jumped out at you and and just how you're feeling coming off of a
1: win like that. So, I think you mentioned this that that is the first time the Sabers have won in Chicago in fifteen years, two thousand seven. Yep. So that game, to, to put that in perspective, again, their goal scores were Yohanishev and Fenigetoff. So two guys that have been gone for quite a while now. Yeah, it was a. I kind of agree with you. Like the beginning of the game, it was like, hmm. Well, doesn't seem like they have it tonight. So maybe I'll do something else. But the one thing that did keep me uh, invested when they were down three nothing, and then eventually four nothing was the fact that Kevin Lankinen was in net and his <laughs> numbers. Oh boy. He has Pretty some bad. real Aaron Dell type numbers to him. He, yeah, looks he it looks like it too. Like the, the eye test matches up with how terrible his numbers have been this year. So it was just kind of a matter of like, put some sh- more shots on net on this horrific goaltender. And they started to do just that. And I think uh, in the press conference after the game, Granada was more or less like when it got to 4-2 as quickly as it did. I think the team started to believe that they could win, but really the Sabres dominated, dominated that game. There were a a few, say, head scratching plays. Uh, Will Butcher definitely did not have a a great game. I wouldn't say Casey Fitzgerald had a great game either in some of these for some of these plays that he made. However, there were mostly mostly the game was dominated by the Sabres and really Dustin Tokarski had a uh, pretty horrific effort. Um, He's really the, the only other guy I would single out as being pretty, pretty bad in that game. Like the only reason, I mean, they really shouldn't have scored five goals on the Sabres. It's, it was not a, not good, but yeah. So like, I also wanted to shout out the pass that set up the tying goal. Now I'm uh, drawing a blank on who actually made the pass. Casey middle. Well, it was middle stat to Olafsson. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, anyway, that was fantastic. And then the last goal, it, I, I honestly, I didn't understand what happened when it went in. Like, I'm assuming most people didn't. And it wasn't until, like, the fifth time I watched it that I was like, oh, my God, Tage didn't know what happened either. No. He just skated away. I saw someone say it's, like, the reverse of that Nick Young meme. when Literally like he, he thinks skates away. <laughs> yeah, yeah so he funny. thinks he hit the three, but he walks away and he didn't. But, like, yeah, Tage is immediately like, oh, I need to get a new stick. And and again, just doesn't seem like he knew where he was on the ice. Just kicks it in with the back of his skate. Wild. Wild. And how long has it been? I think it might honestly be 15 years as well, since the Sabres have made a, a goalie just freak out and break his stick. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, that was that was wild. Dan Dudley if he called him a lumberjack. That was great. Just wh- what an entertaining game. The Sabres have not had enough entertaining games in the past 10 years. Particular entertaining games that they've won. It's been pretty rare so it's just awesome to see like a game where they come back they're never really out of it they do dominate but it's still a close game and then it just uh, impressive efforts from a, a bunch of guys down skinner Tage, and our dude victor Olafson, who uh it's just his trade value is just skyrocketing Get that trade value up baby <laughs> uh oh, and then no. just one of the wildest goals, and like I also thought of the buck goal when it happened. Those, to me, I think those are the two wildest goals I've seen in a Sabres game. Just in terms of how weirdest goals, I would say, actually, two of the weirdest goals I've ever seen. It's tough to beat the puck going into a guy's butt, but like <laughs> breaking your stick on a slap shot that goes about four miles an hour, bounces off the back wall, and is kicked into the back of the net by a goal. He's sliding back in. It's pretty funny pretty funny way to end a game. And honestly, couldn't happen to uh, a more wretched franchise than the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: Yes, couldn't agree more. So there's a couple of guys that I want to kind of talk about if you're up for that. I know I mentioned Aline, but before we get to that, I'm curious for what your thoughts on Casey Middlestad have been. So he has six points in his last five games, which is great on paper. Um, You're starting to see him get his pace of play back up a bit looking more like last year I still don't feel like he's playing at the same pace and and playing at the same speed as he was last year when he was really impressing and making people rethink what they thought of him but it seems like he's starting to get there especially compared to where he was when he first had come back from the second injury um so as far as that goes I mean his on ice impacts haven't been the best but with that being said, I feel like I'm seeing more and more of his offensive creativity coming out on plays. And namely that backhand pass that he set up, well, that he gave to Olofsson, which then set up the tying goal, um, you know, immediately comes to mind. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I know it's really between him and Olofsson for, as we've been saying, at least in our minds, who like one of these two guys is going to end up getting moved in the offseason, season. And not that I'm saying this necessarily in a way for advocating for one or the other or both for that matter. Cause I think both is also a very realistic option too, but I mean, are you start like are you seeing it starting to come together a little bit more for Casey here in spite of it, not always looking pretty at times. Definitely more than a few weeks ago. Yeah. He looks a little bit more put
1: together. I mean, six in your last five games is no joke. Like that's a, that's a nice little stretch. He's on. Absolutely. Yeah. Pro- productivity wise. I think he started to look more like, uh, the player he looked like at the end of last season. It's just really unfortunate that he's hurt because it seemed like he was finally blossoming into like an actual NHL player at the end of last season. And this year he's just been in and out of the lineup all year. However, he does have a chance to string together about 20, 25 games of health at the end of the year, which would give you a better idea of if you want to keep him or trade him. Or ideally, like like we said with Olsson, getting that trade value up. So like to see him uh, continue that and continue to look like a, a dangerous offensive player I, he has definitely hasn't looked bad of late that's that's encouraging yeah absolutely so switching gears too after just chatting about him a little bit let's
0: I mean Daleen like I said is starting to get a lot more I think national notoriety for how well he's been playing lately uh in the game against Chicago as I had mentioned he had two primary assists and according to uh our potential soon-to-be pal J Fresh Hockey which we'll maybe talk about that later. Uh, He played at a 93% expected goals for percentage at five on five in that game against Chicago, (laughs) 93% Taylor. I mean, my God on top of that. Then um, I I came across these two fellas, Andy and Rono. They go by on, on Twitter. They, they, Use analytics like percentiles for where guys rank among their peers across the league Uh, and recently did a chart on Daleen using uh, percentiles that were derived from data via natural stat trick puck IQ um, and Corey uh, Snager, I believe is his name and Daleen right now overall is sitting in the 89th percentile among defensemen. 86th in terms of his offense 96th percentile in terms of his transition game and 46 on the defensive end um but within that 40 so that's about average well yeah and within that though his play driving including offense and defense is at a 68 is at the 68th percentile so that's really solid on top of that his role difficulty is at 58 percent so a little bit above average there um So, I mean, again, people are realizing more and more the the proof is in the underlying numbers. It's in the eye test. It's all adding up there. One thing that I would like to see more is I think him um, being a little bit more aggressive on the power play. One of the things that was really bothering me because we would talked about, Casey getting an opportunity on power play one, because I think Casey has a lot of skills that translate well to the power play. But one of the things I noticed in the Chicago game is that it felt like that scene from uh semi-pro where Will Farrell is just like, okay, me. Okay. No, no, not feeling it. Not feeling it back to you. Okay. No, no, no. Give me it again. Give me it again. Oh, no, no. Not feeling it. Not feeling it. Okay. Give me it again. Like it felt like him and Darlene did that like <laughs> repeatedly on the power play. So that's one thing, at least for me that, and that's for both Middlestead and Darlene, just seeing them get a little bit more aggressive on the power play. But, you know, not to sound like a broken record here, because we've been praising Darlene at least once a week for the past month or two. But I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Like this guy is blossoming before our eyes in a way that we really haven't seen yet. This feels like the true continuation of what we had seen his rookie year when he just was going off. And it feels like now we have finally reached this point where he has freed himself of the shackles of Ralph Kruger's idiotic teachings. and is now coming into the player that we all were hoping when we drafted him first overall. So can, can I get your take on that?
1: Yes. So I think it's starting to look pretty much like there's two parts of his career and it's, with and without Kruger. Cause his rookie year under Phil Housley, he was an awesome rookie and there was no concern among Sabres fans like us about what kind of player he might blossom into. And even so, like his first year under Kruger 1920, he started very ago. slow. What's that? A hundred years ago, 1920. Yeah. 1920. Sorry. Uh, he started very slow, but he actually was pretty productive by the time the season ended Mm -hmm. but I think something was a little off and something was very off last year. And I think that pretty simple that that thing was Ralph Kruger. Cause now, like you said, he seems to be picking back up again, but yeah, like what I I like to see is the confidence on the offensive end, especially like the way he carries himself and the way he carries the puck. He seems like someone who's like, I can score or set up a good offensive opportunity every time he has the puck, which is not really something the Sabres have had out of any defenseman since like Brian Campbell, (laughs) Mm-hmm. it's been a while like Myers and Ristalina very much. were not that, that guy, as much as we wanted them to be, but yeah. So Darlene also like, yeah, like you mentioned with his numbers there, you can tell in, in his own zone, he's not, he's not Nick Lidstrom. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Right, He's not shutting everyone down, but as long as he's fine in his own zone and he's exceptional in the other zone, I mean, that's great. And the, I'd like to see even like next year, he maybe even has a more simple role. Uh, When Owen Power's there, and I I don't assume they're going to throw Owen Power, like, directly into the fire right away. But, like, eventually, I mean, Darlene's only three years older than him. So, you're going to have a a point sometime where, let's say, Darlene's, like, 26, and is like, 23. And maybe Power is, like, at that point, taking over uh, the hardest minutes, playing the hardest minutes. And Darlene is just, like, I think, I believe I used a comparison before of having our own Alex Pietrangelo and Kevin Chattenkirk. Mm-hmm. how they used to have that in St. Louis. I think Dowling could be even better than and Kirk. I think he'd be as productive. Uh, and yeah, this is, this has been a really encouraging stretch. This is what we really wanted out of this season. Uh, if I told you the Sabres were going to be a 70 something point team by the end of the year, probably low seventies before the season started, you'd say like, yeah, that seems about right. But in that, what's much more important than if they get 75 points or 65 points is, how do Dalene and Skinner recover? And they've both recovered. I think completely. I mean, I'm someone, someone out there is going to say, Oh, really? Like Jeff Skinner is going to score 30 goals and get like 18 assists. And that's how you're going to, you're going to think that's fine for a $9 million guy. It's like, no, but he was never going to be worth that unless he kept shooting the way he did in the first half of the 2018, 19 season. Right. So so, I mean, both Skinner's of those
0: gonna, guys are huge. It's inevitable at this point, too, at least on Skinner. Quickly, that he's going to be a thirty-goal, fifty-point guy for them. And yeah, like you said, that's not nine million dollar worthy, but it's a hell of a lot better than what we had gotten the past couple of years out of him. And so I, that is uh, unequivocally a success on Darlene. One of the other things, too, this current stretch that he's on, he has three multi-point games in his past five, or three multi-point efforts in his past five games. Which is great because one, you're starting to see the production come. Two, the production coming after, prior to this uh, five game stretch that he's on right now, he had gone six games without a point. Even still through that, he was playing great. And you were really seeing his two way game come around. You're seeing his offensive creativity really start to blossom. His aggressiveness with the puck on a stick was really starting to show out. So it's good to see him get rewarded with, again, three multi point games in his past five. And at this rate, he has, I believe, what is it? 43 points in 65 games. So more likely than not, he's going to hit 50 points, which is great too. Very, very encouraging there. Um, And uh, yeah, that'll be a career high in points. He's only one point away now from his career high when uh, his rookie year, he put up 44 points in 82 games. So looking like he's going to surpass that pretty comfortably at this point. Reaching the 50-point threshold, too. I think that was another thing that prior to the season, you and I both said we wanted to see out of him, which is great to see, especially, again, considering the slow start that he got. So that makes me even more excited for what's to come next year.
1: Yep. As uh, your uh, one of your icons, Kimberly Guilfoyle, once said, the best is yet to come. Wow. But anyway, before we move on, let's hear a, a word from our sponsor uh, at DraftKings. Let's. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat-tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 at any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If, draft, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. You can also call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. In Iowa, you can call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, call one 770 stop In New York, you call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Oregon, you go to opgr.org. Uh, in Tennessee, you can call or text the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Or in Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Uh, you must be 21 or older and physically present in one of the states to to win uh, minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details
0: gotta be careful talking about bumps there in case madison cawthorn is one of our uh listeners he's gonna get the heebie-jeebies
1: i know i saw he got yelled at today <laughs> so anyway let's uh continue on here the sabers so we're not going to talk about tonight's game because that uh has not according game yeah it hasn't happened yet and you guys will already know about it tomorrow so let's hope uh, the Sabres win and learn the lesson from Monday you cannot lose in overtime if you do not go to overtime amen to that wow wise words <laughs> yep uh so anyway let's we're moving on to Friday's game which is a huge game that I think I'm gonna go to hey me too uh, where they'll be honoring one of the greatest sabres of all time and definitely the greatest saber who never suited up. Uh, on the ice, Rick Jennerette. Mm. It's RJ Knight, So I think he's got his banners going up, right? It is. Yeah. Which is really, really exciting.
0: A, a banner that actually does belong up there. They should bring <laughs> him up and take a couple other of those down while they're at it. Yeah. Then we actually, before they take any players down get those goddamn sponsorship banners out.
1: Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. You're basically saying your sponsors are on the same level as Jill Bear Perot and Dominic Kashuk and RJ. That's ridiculous. Starved garbage so are are they going to do a thing like some announcers do where like they have the number of games he called on the banner i think so i had saw a
0: photo of the souvenir banners that they're going to be handing out and i think it's going to be rick generet for the number it's going to just say rj with like a little microphone logo below that and then 1970 to 2022 so I don't think oh. they're, they're going to have like the amount of games he's played. I think it's going to, and I mean, and that's just going off of what I saw the replica one that they are like going to be handing out to fans. So it could have the number of
1: games. I'm not entirely sure, but I guess that'll be a part of the surprise. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, Cause they're playing the, the Nashville predators, the Sabres have very little history with. Yes. And who are a pretty mediocre team. Oh, the other, they're not mediocre. They're a little bit above pretty, average. Yeah. Um, why would they not have it on April 16th when we host the flyers, who we have a lot of history with, including a Stanley cup final that RJ called almost 50 years ago. Is there a reason for that, that we've been given or. I don't believe that there has been a reason for it. I don't know if anybody has really questioned
0: it to be completely honest with you. Um, it was the 16th. Is that a Friday? No, it Saturday. Wasn't. Huh. that's really weird. Yeah. I don't know, Taylor. That's a good question. It's just, what do just uh, mean? Yeah, What's it... your problem with the storied franchise of the Nashville Predators. <laughs> well,
1: Listen, you know what, we have
0: David Leguan in attendance and he's going to him and Rick <laughs> go way back.
1: Yeah, Rick called upwards of 3 of his goals. So, <laughs> as a saber, I should say. Uh we talked about the Predators last week because we talked about Roman Yosi potentially getting 100 points this year. Roman Yosi is about to break the Predators franchise single season point record.
0: Come on, if you really good for him. Yeah,
1: but I was like I Who has that, that? Paul Korea. Uh, hold on. I I don't think so. But I I don't exactly remember. I, know I was Korea looking at definitely it. Definitely put
0: up. I think he put up eighty for that. But Yossi already would have passed that. Actually, now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, he would have actually passed it this week. Whoever it was. But I was like, oh my god. But it makes sense because they came in during the dead puck era, and they've never been a good offensive team. They never really had a star forward aside from Korea, who's only there for a year or two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So I'm I'm looking this up to make sure I have it right. But yeah, isn't that a? That wild i feel like it's not really being talked about a lot no it's crazy team info career leaders for the predators no that's not right i'm looking for season leaders yeah definitely weird i've also seen the predators weirdly like quite a few times oh you're right it was korea it was 85 oh, okay. 85 points in 0506 yossi is 81 so yossi would be passing him soon who we passed was he passed paul korea's other season 0607 so korea had the top two and now he'll be two and three within a week or so but you know what i actually also saw he passed jason Arnott. not wow <laughs> that's i think that's that's but I, I, I saw last week, because they're not at 72. Man, they have a, a cursed Are we top 10. Were we talking here. about him? What were we talking about him for?
0: Wasn't it like guys on the He's devils? On
1: the, Stars or, or the devils? Guys on the devils. devils. Yeah, right, yeah he, right. He scored the Stanley Cup winning goal in uh, 2000. But wow. yeah, this top 10, I'm not going to do it as a quiz. It's too cursed. It's tied for ninth with 66 points is Dumont and Forsberg. Hey. Yeah, our dude, Dumont. Uh, number eight is Scott Walker, former Wisconsin governor. Good for him. Jeez, Number six is a tie between Steve Sullivan and Matthew Shane at 68. Number four is a tie between Arnott and Dumont at 72. And then three is Korea at 76. Two is Yossi right now. And one is Korea at 85. So Yossi is 81. So he'll be passing Korea. Like I said, probably within a week or so the way he's been going. Crazy. Good for him. Man, what a gross top 10 that, is. that might be is. The, they've been around for like 25 years now. Yeah, it's ugly.
0: It's ugly. Shout out to Paul Correa, though. My favorite non-saber of all time. Yep.
1: Off the... Off, you know what? When I went to a game this November, I think, we played Edmonton. The girl sitting in front of me had a Paul Correa jersey on. Authentic Ducks Paul Correa jersey. So, like, the Ooh. cartoon duck was on it. And I was like... I was talking about it, and I said, off the floor, on the board. And she didn't know what I was talking about. Is that like actually famous, like that call? or Probably like, not.
0: To, people I mean, would know by the call? Probably not. I, yeah, that makes um, sense. Uh, probably not. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe not. It is a great call, though. hmm I don't know. Anyways, though, back to RJ, if, if we're good to, to switch back over there. So no, let's, let's
1: talk about more famous calls real quick. Actually, we are going to do that.
0: Yes, we are. So we thought it'd be kind of cool just to shoot the shit a little bit and talk about some of our favorite RJ moments, obviously with Taylor and I being born in 1994 and 93 respectively. Well, Taylor 93, me 94. um, We had missed a good amount of RJ's calls, you know, good uh, two and a half decades worth at least. So obviously though with that being said we know the the huge ones the really famous ones from back in the day leading all the way up until now so we thought we'd share some of our favorite rj calls and i'll just start off one that forever jumps out to me and it it really might be my favorite one didn't even happen during a game it's the senator's brawl his commentary during that was electric like That in and of itself was obviously crazy and like unreal. Like it it was just an amazing, shocking, exciting moment that everybody prior to it happening kind of knew it was about to happen. Considering Lindy ends up sending out the meat headline to go and just completely take on the entire senators team, which was great. And I mean, RJ's calls, his his screaming through at him, commentating while Ruff and Brian Murray are yelling at each other, like, and Lindy's leaning over the bench. Rob Ray is just standing there in the middle. But, like, RJ was going ballistic during it. And, and that is one that will always stick out for me.
1: Yeah, that's – that, and I would say along the same line, in, like, 97 or so, they had a brawl with the Flyers. They had multiple brawls with the Flyers. but Was that one a the field nine- one? I – Yes, it is. Because there's another one where Andre Trevinov was playing goalie for the Sabres and fights Garth Snow. Shields and Snow, I think, are in this one. But like it just keeps stopping and starting again. And RJ just at one point just says like this giant wild thing going on in Philadelphia, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But another one.
0: It was in the playoffs, too, which is pretty crazy to think about yeah second round of the playoffs see, no less
1: you don't see a lot of playoff brawls these days no. i think that was 97 yeah so another one uh a great call is when the campbell hit also in the playoffs against the flyers this time in 2006 campbell hits umberger which we talked about recently Had his head down and rj sounds like he's throwing up because he's so excited because <laughs> he does like the, Bro, what a hit by campbell <laughs> um so there's, there's a bunch of like, so good. yeah, there's a bunch of minor ones that are great. Like Wooly, like absolutely Clocks. Uh I do not remember who. I and know it's also, all. yeah, it's and He's like, well, <laughs> had insult to injury. He was offsides. <laughs> Um, But yeah, there's honestly such a, I, he's definitely not in his prime anymore, but like he was such a great guy to watch a game with because you had just different, different vibes over the years. So we grew up with Jim Lorenz, who is one of the smartest hockey guys i've ever heard like he genuinely seemed like he wanted to teach you the game he was right. he was great and they had such a good rapport and then you have harry neal and it like obviously harry neal was back last week uh they they had another uh they called a period together i think and yep. you had kind of these like kooky old guys definitely a kooky old guy vibe when they, he was there but they seemed like they had a lot of fun like they both seemed like they like to you know have a few beers and then now you've Rob Ray, who Rob Ray's been there the whole time, but he's been the the primary guy for like eight or nine years now. Yeah. Instead of just being the guy in the box, and RJ is like such a like not that he doesn't take him seriously, but he just like puts puts him down in such a fun way. So often
0: ruthlessly, it's
1: great. Yeah, yeah. And RJ is so much better at it than Rob mm-hmm. Ray. Just fantastic. He's just such great comedic timing too. Uh. Yeah, it's it's a real loss. It's unfortunate that it really has to end like this. It's been he's been there for 51 of the 52 years, I think, in Sabres history mm-hmm. or no 50 of 51 because there's no lockout season. Stupid. But anyway, it's really sad that it has to end with like 10 straight years of him calling like listless 3-1 losses to Carolina or whoever. Not, I'm sure not the way he wanted to go out. I think that's probably why he stuck around so long, hoping they would eventually turn it around. I was gonna say you have to think in the next
0: couple of years if they actually do end up going on a run, they'd bring him back in the booth for a game or something. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, why not?
1: Maybe he calls a game with Dunleavy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't see Um, why. No reason he couldn't also do some some color commentary. He's been around for quite a while. He's he's been calling hockey games for more than half a century, so he knows his stuff. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking about some of his other great calls. I mean, and that's the thing that's so great about him is that like, it's not even as though he was just like a mainstay in, in there for that long. There's just so many iconic calls that come to mind when you think about it. Like, I mean, the Pominville call, you know, now do you believe these guys are good, scary, good. Like I still to this day get chills when I hear that call. I could hear it unprompted or I could be knowing going into it that I'm going to be listening. And no matter what I, it, it always gives me chills. I mean, then the next year, of course, you have the who else call with Drury when they beat the Rangers with uh, seven seconds left. Um, Obviously even that followed by Max's OT winning goal. Like that call is so great thinking about those teams too. Like, you know, top shelf or mama hides the cookies anytime. I mean, I know he used that often, but like, especially with the air, that was always just, like I said, it just I keep going. It just sends chills down your spine. And then, you know, you go back to some of – I know you had mentioned, like, the the brawl back in uh, – what was it, 75 or 74, 75 brawl? Um, I mean, that one comes to mind, obviously. La, 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 Fontaine is up there. You got yep. Mayday. Um, Stu Barnes. And there's just – it's just so many. I mean, also his that- call for hashic saves, too. My God, like some of the hashic save calls that he has are just – he, he's going wild. And and it is, he just, the, the thing about him is that he just, I think you had kind of said it before, but he just had not, he, it's not even that he, he had a pulse of the game. He controlled it for the viewer, for the listener, whatever it was. Like he, he just brought these games and these moments to life in a way that his voice and, and his words are, synonymous with the moment you know like when when you think about pominville scoring it's not just pominville scoring it's these guys are good scary good now do you believe when you think of drury scoring like i said it's it's who else yeah like all of these co- like the campbell thing like you said like everybody knows any Sabres fan would know what you're talking about when you do like that little like roar like roar thing <laughs> you know like yeah it, it's amazing the way that it's not even a matter of him being a good announcer it's his emoting and and just the fact that like he in every sense of the word has been the voice of the buffalo sabers and he's just you know it's obviously appropriate that he's getting a banner raised because he is just as much a part of this team as anybody
1: who has ever laced up their skates for them throughout their history yeah it's uh it's weird when you're when you're a kid you think of like 1970s when the Sabres started is like a hundred years ago but like when I watched you started watching the Sabres which is really during their 99 cup run they were only like 29 years old as a franchise right they were very young still so like they still had a lot of the original guys and I mean still like Gilbert Perot, the original Sabre he's still alive he's not even that old he's in his early 70s unfortunately the other two members of the French Connection suffered untimely deaths but you have a lot of guys that were still around from the beginning and it wasn't quite the beginning. It was one year after the beginning when he started doing radio. One of the guys you didn't have, and it's it's weird to think about this now that that Sabers used to do TV and radio separate broadcasts. But like Ted Darling, someone who had crazy early onset—I believe it was early onset Alzheimer's—he had. Mm-hmm. He was only in his fifties and had to retire. He could have been a guy that was around for forty or fifty years as well, because he started so young with the Sabers. He wouldn't even—I don't think he was that much older than RJ. He could have been around until the two thousands. Into the 2000s, maybe the early Mm -hmm. 2010s. And obviously, tragically, was taken away. And RJ, luckily, was still around. And another guy I'd like to mention who was around for almost 50 years is Rip Simonic, the equipment manager. He's also no longer with the team uh, in a full time capacity. But there's, you know, there's really this history. The Sabre, Buffalo used to love the Sabres. I don't know what word I would describe now. It's not total apathy, but it's unfortunately edging up on that. But there was a time I remember in, Let's say 05, 06, 06, 07, That was, those are the peak years of, uh, of late. The, any recent uh, Savers uh, infatuation in the city of Buffalo was in that time range. And I remember back uh, around that time, probably about 05, my dad got like, someone gave him a burned CD of RJ's best calls. Like to listen to, like we listened to it in the car and stuff. And I listen to it on my like, clock radio at home. And it's just like, not watching it, not, not watching any of these calls, but like, just listening to old things that I already know what happened because it was such like he brought such a good energy and he was kind of like a fan being in the booth and then in 07 they they even made a dvd I think they probably thought he might retire soon at that point it was called top shelf and they like the sabers sold it in their store and it sold really well I had it I might still have it honestly somewhere and it was like watching and cry together sometime yeah <laughs> yeah sure uh it's it's such a he was really such a part of all this and I think if the Sabres are to get good again in the next few years, hey, I'd love it, but it'll never be like it was for a few reasons. I just think it's not just because they were not young anymore. Uh, Life's different. The world's different uh, than it was back then. I think regular fans and professional athletes are more disconnected than they used to be. There's also, you know, like social media has obviously changed things, but it'll just be a different announcer. There won't be a guy like RJ out there. Not as front facing, but there won't be guys like Rip Simonic anymore either. It's these guys are all you know guys go to almost every announcer now comes out of Syracuse or Missouri like these guys are professionals which it's not bad they do a good job at what they do but I think there's a lot of uh personal touch that sometimes is missing and I like Dan Dunleavy he's pretty good at what he does and maybe he'll grow into it but he's not RJ and I just don't right there's something that we'll never have again we're already losing it but like it's it's gonna be different it's like and this is no slate against Dunleavy,
0: but it's almost like going from Ryan Miller to Jonas Enroth, where it's, you have this, or like, even like Hashik and Miller, you know, where you have this extended period of greatness. And then no matter what happens next, it's kind of like, well, shit, what are we supposed to do now? Like, this isn't the same thing. And I- I've definitely come around to Dunleavy a bit more really in the past year or two than previously. And I've come to realize that the reason why I really didn't appreciate him much at first early on was solely because of the fact that he's not rj yeah um, Like going would be tough to beat it really is a couple other calls too that i just wanted to bring up that are coming to mind um briere's game winner against the flyers where it's briere briere
1: uh oh, who, yeah, uh, oh no, who calls, else is a christian the briere one is when he's like on what must be his 50th shot of the night probably yeah
0: <laughs> um you got uh, Call the Cops because he robbed him blind. Obviously, that's another great one. And of course, I don't think we mentioned this, but uh, Rene Robert's game winner in the Fog Game, which is oh yeah, played at every, like, every single uh, Sabres montage of, of yesteryear. So it's
1: such a cool goal to just watching Perron oh, realize it yeah. went past him and falling. Yeah, really cool. It is amazing. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, it's going to be, it's crazy. I mean, I can't wait to be there. I'm sure they're going to have a really great pregame ceremony and, and video presentation. Uh, I'm just really, really looking forward to it. Hey, also as a quick side note, are you doing anything on uh, Sunday in the afternoon? Unsure. Uh, Would you like to go see our sweet, sweet boy, Samson Reinhardt, make his return to Buffalo? Oh, maybe. One o'clock. Is this, is this Sunday? This Sunday at one o'clock.
1: Okay. i'll I'll put that as a maybe
0: well yeah we'll we'll talk about it
1: but uh um, one other um rj thing i wanted to mention is the early 2000 san jose game i think i've mentioned it on here before pretty sure i have at san jose so 10 30 p.m start uh sabers are down like five nil and like getting killed and rj is just like well since no one back home is listening anymore uh, I can say that thank you to the San Jose <laughs> hospitality staff for dropping off this whiskey.
0: Absolute king. He yeah. just an absolute king. Ugh.
1: Yeah. So I know that sounds like a, we're ending on a down note because of that. But two things. One, got to remember the good times you had. Sometimes, you know, memories are all you have left. And two, damn, that's sad. <laughs> well, this is better. Two, I really do like the, 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 actual broadcast right now, the in-between periods, the intermission broadcast mm-hmm. is and post-game, pre-game, whatever Braun and Duffer have such a good energy too. And Braun is, it's kind of like the good combination of, he's a really smart hockey guy. He's got a good energy to him, but he's also funny and he has a good right. rapport with, with Duffer. So that's good. I like that still. I'd love to it's see a, him. I know approved.
0: we've I, Well, I know we've talked about this before. I'd love to see him like in Rob Ray switch or something, or just him take over for Rob Ray doing uh, c- color. I, I don't know. I think Baran is just, he's, he's shown in the limited amount of time that he's done it um, or the limited opportunities, I should say that he's good at it and more than capable at it. And I think that I would really like to see him grow into that in the way that he just in general has grown into like a really popular media personality.
1: Yeah. And one of the Anything first I wanted to right shout out.
0: Is, yeah.
1: Oh yeah. One of the I wanted to shout out is uh, Mike Robitaille who is also a fixture for many years with the Sabres broadcast. Mm-hmm. He was uh, another guy like Lorenz that really wanted to teach you the game. He was, he was good. Obviously he's a little bit too old to be doing it now, but you know, he had a, he had a good run with the Sabres. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, am excited for that. See him. Uh, cause I've never seen a banner raised. I know you went to the Hashik one,
0: right? I went to Hashik and then I think I was at, uh, I think I went with your brother to Mogilny's ring of honor ceremony. Or oh, Saber really? Hall of Fame ceremony. I'm pretty sure your brother and I went to that together. Yeah.
1: Well, he was definitely at the Hashik one.
0: Maybe uh, I went to them with that too. I, I could have been both, but.
1: Yeah. Cause the hashik been... one is more recent for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's well, like no, the Mogilny one wasn't even that long ago though. I mean, it's within the past 15 years, I think.
1: 15 years. Yeah. I think the hashik one was 2015. Right. When did the Sabres stop having a Hall of Fame? Maybe that, <laughs> like yeah, right.
0: No, maybe it was the Hashtag one that Torin and I went to. Either way, yeah, it's going to be really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I think that's another thing. That's a topic for another day, but they really should bring back the Sabres Hall of Fame. What are they doing? Like, how can they? That I mean, that's, uh, yeah. We'll get into yeah. that some other time because maybe we'll talk about who needs to get in. True. They do have a backlog. Ryan Miller's not in there. Thomas Vanek's Manic, not in there. Manic.
0: You could make the argument for Briere and Drury if you wanted to. Probably, maybe Brierre a little bit more, but
1: um, there's a lot of guys.
0: Absolutely. Let me tell
1: that. you something, pal. Your, your, our pal Chris Drury is in a little bit of hot water right now.
0: Uh-oh. Why is that?
1: Uh, So I just saw this on Twitter. It's a story, and I don't know how confirmed it is, but it, basically that he wasn't letting Alexis Lafreniere give interviews in French. What? I don't really even understand that because – Guys from Quebec. A lot of French language newspapers in Quebec, so.
0: What the hell? Huh. Yeah. We're anyway, always a little off with him. I was always a Briere guy. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know
1: what? Honestly, I was, <laughs> I was a contrarian, if you can imagine that. And I was a huge Paul Gostad guy. You, oh, of course. I'm... Big guy. I had no short guy solidarity back then because I didn't know I was going to stop growing. I guess I should have looked around my family and realized I wasn't going to be six four. Wow! <laughs> and like maybe I should have appreciated free air more. So you were getting a little snarky before you even knew
0: how tall you were going to be. You were like, "This is who I'm going to be among, so I'm going to be with this. Tall- I'm going to be a Paul Hold Gostad
1: up. type of guy." All right, interesting. Yeah. So You're, you want one? Recommend- one. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Um. Uh, do
0: I? I'm gonna recommend dude. This week's episode of, of winning time was really good. I know we yeah. keep, like, oh, we yeah. talk about it every week, but I thought that this week's was great. And I think it sets up really well for next week. Um, super did you watch the like preview for next week? No, it's magic confronting Kareem and like um Ooh. McKinney like telling Magic to do it, and then it's like them pretty much getting in a fight. It's gonna be
1: <laughs> so good. Yeah, I want, I do wonder. I'd love to see – because I probably should read Jeff Perlman's book, which is, this is based on, Right. see how much of this That's is true. Point. Because I know, obviously, I said last time, Jerry West did not exactly act like this, but it's good for the show. It works for the West show. It's got, very funny. He, he
0: was way better this week, though. Like, they got the, the rage out of the way, I think. Yeah. He's, like, a lot more now. He's kind of quirky a little bit because he doesn't know what to do with himself that he's not coaching.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Jason Siegel showed up as Paul Westhead, which yeah, is great. That was awesome.
0: You know what? Oh, I man. do have
1: a recommendation, actually,
0: Taylor. My recommendation is not to slap people in the face because then a bunch of idiots on the internet are going to psychoanalyze everything about it. Oh, my God. Can't we just have
1: fun with something? can we ever have something happen and just be like, man, that was funny? Right. So, yeah, we recorded during the Oscars, and I told you it was a boring first hour. The last hour was not boring. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch it at all, or did you I just didn't? See it no, after? I I did yeah. not watch it,
0: and I, I was literally just sitting on my phone scrolling, and then all of a sudden, like <laughs> the video of it popped up, and I was like, "This isn't real." Like, there's there's no way that this was not a scripted thing, and I soon found out after it was super not a scripted thing.
1: Yeah, if you watch it live, I mean, a lot of people love that, like wrestling fans especially. I'm gonna call you out, wrestling Twitter, real quick no one is impressed that you know the words work and shoot good for you two (laughs) words like stop applying those two words to literally everything that happens in the world because you look stupid then because then you're like people if you don't watch the, the thing i guess i could see why you would think it was fake but watching it live anyone who watched it live and thought it was fake for more than like 30 seconds i don't even know what to say because it didn't look fake at all it looked because it was shot weird they didn't catch will smith right away when he was coming on stage Chris Rock is going in to tell another, a different joke. He's completely moved on. And then when it happens, he doesn't say anything funny. Neither of them do. And well, first of all, the, the dialogue cuts out pretty quick. You can't hear the audio in America at least. Yeah. And you, before it does, Chris Rock is like, wow, this is the, the best night ever. And then it gets kind of quiet and that's, we've all heard the uncensored one where Will Smith is screaming and Chris Rock is like, wow, dude, like there's yeah. no way it was scripted. And then they, they planned for him to say wow dude like, <laughs> well that but also the fact that when will smith is walking on the
0: stage chris Rock says something to the effect of like oh richard's coming like or whatever like as Smith's yeah. walking up and he's about to get the shit slapped out of him like i oh boy and then
1: he so the obviously it's super awkward watching it live because the audio is just gone and then they just immediately give the ward and everyone is like looking around like what is going on but that's right. you know at the next commercial break there's a bunch of videos of like Denzel and I think Tyler Perry coming yep. over to talk to him, and then like so, it definitely wasn't obviously. Now we know it wasn't fake, but I didn't even. It didn't seem the only thing that seemed fake about it is it's so outrageous. It was. An, I I am.
0: I was in shock watching it, like thinking that that shit was actually real. It, it was not. Yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm I'm so done with everybody talking about it. It's been. A oh my god, days. yeah, like we, we, god. guys, it's been 48 hours, more than 48 hours. That's not a new subject. Like, It's just so many people providing commentary on it that it's, like, for one, just, like, nobody really wants to hear your commentary, but also just, like, it's not people's places to talk about a lot of this. Like, people are just thrown around, like, yeah. Mental Wild terms stuff. that are just well outside of their area of
1: expertise, and I think everybody just needs to, like, shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> well, it's also, I don't know, probably worth noting that I don't think Chris Rock knew that Jada Smith had alopecia because he says in the, in the audio you can hear that aired in other countries, and he was like, wow, dude, it was a G.I. Jane joke. He thought, I mean, he probably also didn't write the joke, but like, yeah, he thought that's what the joke was about. Also, not all that great of a joke, honestly. C-minus no. attempted a joke, but no. yeah, wild. But anyway, I my recommendation this week, so two things. I saw Casino for the first time. Okay. And I got to say, I agree with everyone else. Great movie. Good way <laughs> to spend three hours. Nice. Um, fantastic stuff. And now I know some more references. So the Scorsese fellow, he doesn't miss.
0: Yeah, I Just think love he's got a bright career ahead of him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you excited for... Uh, his western that's coming out this what year. is that one uh killers of the flower moon i think it's called i, I have not, I not have seen not a preview it. or anything so we'll see i i, I bet it's going to be good because i've never never seen a bad one yet uh the other recommendation i have is i've recommended this last year but i'm going to recommend it again the last boy scout and the reason i'm doing that is because news came out today that bruce willis is not going to act anymore because of a, a disease he has uh, Brain disorder that possibly could take away his ability to talk and communicate. Serious, very serious stuff. So that's not good. His daughter and I believe his ex wife, Demi Moore, both announced that he would no longer be acting. Uh, he hasn't been in much big budget stuff of late, but he has been acting. Uh, but yeah, the reason I said The Last Boy Scout is because I assume most people have seen The Die Hard series or at least familiar with it. Great series, no notes. The Last Boy Scout uh 30 years ago it's 30th anniversary i think just happened it's a great movie it's not exactly a buddy cop movie it's more like a buddy pi movie mm-hmm. uh, made by shane black and tony scott i believe two kings and he's it's with damon wayans who's fantastic and really you watch it you'll be surprised damon wayans didn't have more of a career but hmm. it's it is an absolutely insane movie uh it's very much a movie that you not that you, you couldn't make it today not for like let's say quote-unquote uh political reasons uh social none of that stuff you couldn't make it today because no studio would ever green light this right. and it has i'm not even exaggerating the absolute most insane opening scene i've ever seen in a movie really number one yes just watch the opening scene and tell me you don't want to watch the entire movie it's insane also danielle harris of halloween fame plays his daughter that is also uh, fantastic. A lot of great stuff in that movie. It's, uh, it's a it's great time. It's football, sports, gambling, violence, Los Angeles, Shane Black. What more Secret do you need? Service. I mean, it's it's fantastic. So if you want to honor Bruce Willis, it's it's one of his best movies. And like, like I said, I think it's his most. It's the one that really doesn't get talked about as much anymore. I assume people have seen The Sixth Sense. Or Everything else he's made, you know, mm-hmm. die hard and those things. And, but anyway, yeah, very sad to hear that. Um, and also, uh, my not random, but I, I'm going to say my former Sabres player of the week, I'm going to bend the rules and make it Rick Jennerat.
0: Oh, I'm going to do that too, then.
1: Rick Good Genarat. stuff.
0: All right, everybody. Well, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday. So make sure you're staying tuned for that. But once again, this has been Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective streaming platforms and all the other great shows that they're putting out every single day. Check them out on their websites, social media, all that jazz. Make sure you're giving them some support and also make sure you're supporting us. Come and check us out. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Straight Up Sabers. Also, make sure you are subscribed or following us on whatever streaming platform you are currently listening to this episode on. And finally, last but not least, check out DraftKings and use promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. Once again, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabers.